You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. This edition of It's My Money is brought to you by Brenthurst Wealth, your partner for global wealth creation. It's Tuesday, so it's time for It's My Money, brought to you by Brentas Wealth, South Africa's top boutique wealth manager. And with me this week is Mags Haystack. And we're going to talk about the knotty subject, the knotty and sometimes very difficult subject of maintaining a strict household budget. I mean, we talk about the stock market, Mags, and we talk about, you know, fixed income funds and equities and asset classes and everything else. But the biggest asset class that you have in your life, I think, is a household budget. Yes, well, Lindsay, thanks again for for having me as as always. And I just thought, you know, about speaking about something a bit more personal, you know, coming, you know, back to the roots of, of, of personal finance. And that's, I think, one of the most critical components, and that's, you know, maintaining a budget. And I know it might seem quite um, basic in, in terms of the the topic today, but it's, it, you know, the, the money you bring in, the money that you spend has everything to do with, with uh, your investments, in, in, in my opinion. It does. And the first point that you make, excuse me, is that you say the, the following. Are you maintaining a monthly budget? If not, then you should. How do you start? Do you sit down with a piece of paper and, and, and get all your receipts from the previous month and say, this is what I spent last month and, and start to eliminate the, um, the, the niceties, uh, the, the luxuries and be more strict? How do, you, how do you approach this from the very start of trying to get a plan going? Well, I think, you know, the, the, the prospect of, of maintaining a budget is is quite quite straightforward it applies to people in all walks of life you know if you maybe just starting out in the in the you know in in, in your in your career in your respective uh you know field uh, maybe you're approaching retirement you have to really get get a grasp of you know what are you spending how much can you save where can you cut costs those type of things and a budget you know in today's day and age there are so many different tools that can enable you to to do that, you know, a good starting point is always, you know, your 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 bank statements. Uh, um, you know, to see on a monthly basis, okay, what are my fixed costs, what are my variable costs, and you know, what are the the the, the luxuries that you know I could do without. Now, it's not it's not the you know the cliche of saying, oh, you know, if you had bought five less cappuccinos at Starbucks this month, you would have a Ferrari in 35 years. It's not. I'm not mm-hmm. going down that that road. It's more <laughs> case of trying to understand. All right, you know. Yes, saving is difficult. Saving takes commitment, but you need to start at the the source, and that's you know how much money are you know are you earning, or you know what is coming in, and and your budget doesn't just apply to your your salary. You know you have to look at your, I think your entire portfolio in in that regard, because there are some months where you know you might need to take some money from investments in order to pay for other things, and the budget will allow you to understand, well, what am I spending this month and how do I get back on track? And, and that, that's the kind of example that, that I would like to use. Okay, let's go to point number two. Now, you say budgets are more than just seeing how much money you have left. It actively forces you to be more cognizant of your expenditure habits and enables good spending habits. And I know that I don't do this because I'm very ill-disciplined, but I know that I should have a little notepad with me every single day. And I say, right, well, I've just gone to Starbucks for a cappuccino. I'd never do that. I've never been in a Starbucks. I never will go in a Starbucks in my life. But let's say I go down the pub and have a beer. I should write that down. And at the end of the month, I should say, you know what? 
I didn't need to do that. I didn't need to do that three times this week. I could have done it once and treated myself on a Friday night or something like that. But again, it sounds really simple and almost puerile, but I would say that it's a very good start. Definitely. Now, in, in to maybe emphasize on, you know, being cognizant of your expenditure habits, you know, the budget and, and getting an understanding of what your money is doing every month, it will also enable you to, I think, enjoy your luxuries as well. Because, again, you can make provision for that. You might say, OK, I can spend, you know, 15 or 20 percent of my my income on going out, entertainment, those type of things, because I've I've made the... I forced myself to, you know, first and foremost, pay off my expenses, save X amount on a monthly basis. And then I know whatever is left for the rest of the month, I can use it to, you know, enjoy the, the, the finer things in life. And that's, that's kind of emphasizing on that, that behavior that if you sit down, get an understanding of what you're spending, what you're earning, it will enable you to say, okay, maybe I should cut, cut down on this. You know, maybe I can afford this. And, and just, just, uh, just as an example. I'm going to merge points three and four together. Uh, point three, you say keeping track of expenses versus income and why this is so important. Obviously, you say to yourself, right, I'm earning X amount and I'm spending X minus two and therefore I've got this money left. I mean, that's that's, that's fairly obvious, although the, sim- the most obvious things are often the most effective. Point number four, you say keeping track of how much you have, can be saved and understanding your liquidity position. And in brackets, you say, do you have enough money for the emergency, for an emergency rather, or will you be forced to resort to credit so what do you say to somebody as i said you let's say you're earning a hundred thousand a month and your expenses are fifty thousand a month what do you what do you how do you approach the fifty thousand does it have to be saved does it have to be invested just should a certain amount be put in a an easily accessible fund in order to you know pay for the emergency that you just referenced how would you how would you approach that sort of excess cash well, again, it comes back to the the previous point of you know developing good good habits. If you let's say you are on that position and you've got fifty percent of your your net income available at the end of the month, then you know okay, well you know if I'm putting away fifteen twenty percent of that capital, maybe you have the the accessibility to save an additional portion of that money for emergencies. I think, you know, obviously what ha- what's happened now in you know, the past couple of or more than a year, <laughs> 18 months in terms of the whole COVID crisis, we saw a lot of people in positions where liquidity became such a, a, a vital um, aspect in, in, in people's financial lives where some some people simply just didn't have liquidity. And it's not to say they weren't saving or didn't have investments, but sometimes liquidity also refers to that, that quick access to cash, you know, that you know, that money that you need within a day or two. And you know, with your budget and and, and I think developing a healthy budget is, is I think the topic of the conversation today. You have the understanding of knowing, okay, if I don't have sufficient liquidity, I can resort to, to credit in the event of emergency, knowing that I can repay that credit off in the same same time, you know, life happens. You know, there are times where, you know, you need to replace more than two tires or, you know, things, you know, those type of things. You've got to take your vet to the, the hospital and that's, you know, a couple of thousand rand bill. In those cases, if you understand what you have available in, 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 the, in the sense of liquidity, I think it will make life um, much, much easier. Um, it's basically by developing a 
a proper budget and understanding your financial position, even on a you know on a monthly basis, I think it will help you to better plan those unforeseen circumstances that that life throws at us. Number po- number five is a point you you're going to have to explain to me, Max. It says here what can be kept and what can be given up. What do you mean by given up? I mean you keep your money unless you're uh, tithing or bequeathing money to uh, charity or to other family members who may not be uh, quite as well off as you. What do you mean by given up? So it's, I think it was something we have discussed previously. Now it was just referring to little luxuries in life. What can you keep? What what should you be giving up? Um, and just you know, kind of understanding, you know, what are you spending money on and what are you wasting money on? And that's that's really what what I was referring to there. Okay, number six. Are you talking to your spouse about your budget? I think it's terribly important. They have, if you have a spouse and you happen to be with that spouse or partner or intending to be with him or her for the rest of your life, you've got to talk about these things because money can cause problems, Max. Definitely. And I think, you know, maybe for any newlyweds who are listening or, um, you know, people who haven't really had that, that conversation or planning to get married. It's, it's such an important concept because I think money is a, it's a defining element of, of any relationship. Um, you know, you have to understand, you know, in some cases you've got joint incomes, you've got one income, but perhaps the, um, you know, the person spending the money doesn't understand, you know, there's maybe a bit of constraints this month. So having a budget as a family household is, is also very important because that will also enable you as a family unit to, you know, reach the goals, you know, in five, 10 years in terms of saving and, and all of that. So, you know, to kind of reiterate everything, you know, the budget is not just about how much money do I have to spend, you know, it, it will enable you to to make the provision for, for your savings goals and achieving them realistically. Point number seven and the final point, you say, finally, understanding how much you are saving. And then, of course, it comes to the financial planning aspect. You go to Brentos Wealth and you say, right, I've got all this money. What do I do with it? And that's when you start constructing a portfolio outside of your household portfolio. And I, as I say, I, in the beginning, I think that the, the greatest asset class that you have is your household budget, your, your household asset class. But you then have to hand it over to the professionals, don't you? That money aspect, the excess money aspect. That's that's correct. So I think, you know, just to summarize, you know, whenever I deal with, with clients, we, we typically ask them to provide us with a snapshot of their budget. Because if you have, for example, someone who's now entering retirement and they, you know, need X amount of income, we, we might be able to say, you know, your your income requirements are realistic or they're unrealistic. And, you know, if you have a, let's say, a sound practice of, of you know, just understanding your budget, you know, even from a, from a very early age, it makes retirement much more manageable because you understand exactly what your requirements are. And then the advisor can come in and say, well, realistically, you can expect X amount of, of money. And ideally, you know, drawing up a budget and, you know, I'm, I'm sure there are some people rolling their eyes at, <laughs> at this conversation, but it's, it's important because it's, mm. I'm sure there are investors out there who don't really know what they're spending, you know, in the small things. They understand the big picture items, you know, okay, this is my income and, you know, this is my bond and car payment, but, you know, the, all the small things add up. So ideally, a, a sound budget will just enable you as a person or as an investor just to get a, a 
you know, much better understanding of, of exactly what your money is doing every month. Okay, you've got to give us some hope as well, though, Mags. If you're like me, you're a weak person, you're going to have to occasionally succumb to luxuries. So every now and again, you've got to reward yourself, haven't you? Go out and uh, buy, buy yourself yeah. a ridiculously expensive uh, a bottle of wine or go away for a weekend or save up for an annual holiday in some exotic far-flung countries. You have, you have to do that as well, surely. Of course you do. I completely agree with you. Um, but yeah, at least you can uh, drop a budget and save for it properly. So. <laughs> very good. Great advice, Megs. Thanks very much for the chat. That's Megs Haystack from Brenthurst Wealth. And that was It's My Money. It's My Money was brought to you by Brenthurst Wealth, an award-winning boutique wealth management company. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organization, employer or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.